I just didn't. I don't want, want to shock you. There's almost nothing else to say about Scott Bayo. Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are diving into little bits and bobs that we didn't have time to get to in main episodes. And so it's gonna be kind of a catch-all. Scraps. Yeah, it's our scraps. These are the things that did not make the, the cut. Yeah, we try to keep the episodes like in the ballpark of an hour. So we're kind of eyeballing the time. And if we can't do it, then we just, you know, just scrap whatever little thing we had to say that time. And then they pop up here. So by the way, before we get into it, it doesn't mean that these things are lesser. It literally means no. that we ran out of time. So this, this yep. is what you didn't get to hear in other episodes. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a grab bag of different topics. Yeah. Now, I, I went back through a lot of my notes. Oh, nice. Which was kind of refreshing because yeah. like what people don't see is that we ended up with like for almost for every episode, we end up with like a page or two yeah. of notes and sources and all this fun stuff. And it was like, like a flashback going through some right. of it. And I forgot some of the stuff that I had never gotten to. And so it was very refreshing. Cool. Yeah. Very good. All right. You want me to kick us off? I do. All right. Here's some stuff that got cut from our episode about haunted Illinois. Mm. Here we go. This is the Enfield horror. Okay. Illinois, Illinois and Field or the N Illinois. The Illinois. <laughs> All right. This happened in 1973. There was a resident named Henry McDaniel who kind of lost some credibility with the police. I guess he had sort of like a boy who cried wolf thing going uh, because he was always calling the police saying this or that was happening at his house. So much so that the sheriff threatened to lock him up. Oh. To keep him from like repeatedly calling and like taking up their time, so who knows what was going on with this fellow? And any any number of things might have been happening, but he of cannot course. distract right the police and tie up the phone lines and yeah yeah it's a it's a problem yeah. But April twenty fifth of nineteen seventy three was different. Something started pounding on his door, and he said that when he opened it, he was meant he was met with a monster. <laughs> now here is a quote from him. It had three legs on it, McDaniel stated, a short body, two little short arms coming out of its breast area, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood four and a half to five feet tall and was grayish colored. It was trying to get into the house. So three legs, two little arms shooting out right the front. You know what that sounds like? What? The Cloverfield monster. <laughs> I can't picture it. I you don't can't really picture it. The Cloverfield uh -huh. monster. To be fair, it's very hard to picture. Yeah. But I think it does have an odd number of limbs and yeah. little arms that come out of the front of its chest. Weird. A little Cloverfield monster was trying to get in this man's house. How terrifying! Oh, if only he hadn't cried wolf so many times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Man. That is really a crime. That like, the whole point of the boy who cried wolf story uh -huh. is that eventually there will be a wolf There's and no one's going to believe you. And it's like you're yeah. you think you're pranking the police or something. You're pranking future you. Yes. When Cloverfield Monster shows up and at your door. And nobody believes you. No one believes you. I know. So he says that he obviously did not want to let it in. So he grabbed his gun and shot at it. It. I don't like this whenever this is a thing. This is, this is something that people have said about different ghosts or creatures or whatever. It hissed like a cat. And then bounded away, covering 75 feet in three jumps, and then ran off into the brush by nearby railroad tracks. Okay. Hissing like a cat when you're not a cat. Yeah. It's like it's Dracula something I don't like. or something. Doesn't, uh, does somebody hiss like a cat in the grudge? No, meow. 
meow, Toshio. Toshio opens his mouth and it's like, meow, right? Because he was drowned at the same time as the cat. Right. Ugh, Toshio. And there was, uh, there was also a whole thing about, there's like a, a, an, a bit of folklore about kids ghost children meowing and i think it had something to do with like innocence hmm. or something like that I, I don't remember but it was Weird. it was beyond the grudge the grudge was referencing some bit of folklore oh. very uncanny and and weird yeah um How would you, i'd be terrified enough if there was like a band of ghost children approaching me just because I'm, I'm like you're ghosts but then if they start meowing i'm losing it what about when people do that thing where they're like meow 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 <laughs> like if it was like a ghost Coming at you like that. <laughs> I wouldn't do well with that. No, I don't think so. Um, so he, you know, he tried to shoot at it. It screeched like a cat or hissed like a cat or whatever and jumped away. So then he called the police who did come out. I guess they were like, oh, fine. We'll check it out or whatever. And they found footprints like Wait. around the area <laughs> like those of a dog, except they had six toe pads instead what? of the standard do dogs have four toes instead? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, two of the footprints were four inches across, and then the third was slightly smaller. That's awesome. <laughs> this what is amazing. This I know. But this makes it not a case of the boy who cried wolf, because they still came. I know. I'm surprised that they still... So I'm the one who said it's like boy who cried wolf. But you're right that it but, is. Yeah. But it's just weird that they're like... I guess they still have to come out, you know? Yeah, like that's I guess true. they can't be like, enough Greg. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is that his name? Is it... Uh, Henry. Henry. Like enough Henry like stop calling us and just not check it out. You have to check it out anyway. So, um, oh Greg is the next person. That's why I said that. So when they in, they started investigating this and looking into it and they found out that a kid named Greg Garrett who lived just behind McDaniel had been playing in his yard about a half hour before McDaniel's incident when a weird creature suddenly showed up and attacked him, stomping on his feet and tearing the boy's shoes to shreds. But the kid ran away and was okay besides that. So it used its three feet, I guess, to stomp, on, stomp his feet apart. Yeah. Like when a baby is dancing with their dad and they stand on their feet. Yeah. It did that to this kid, but ripped that's his a, shoes that's apart. That's a chilling image. Yeah, chilling image. It's <laughs> from the Stephen Colbert audiobook. Yeah, Stephen Colbert says that children are a threat. He goes, you ever see a kid standing in their father's shoes? Chilling. Yeah. They're here to replace us. <laughs> Don't forget that. That's so funny. Uh, so... Two, so I guess they just like they couldn't find anything from this for a little while. And then two weeks later, McDaniel, the original guy who now has to be on the highest alert, sounds like this guy was on high alert anyway. And now he's like really going for it. Her dogs barking outside. So he opened his door to check it out. And he saw the creature again, just standing by the railroad tracks. And this time he didn't shoot at it. He just looked at it, I guess, to take it all in. And it started just walking down the tracks unbothered unrushed just doing its thing hmm. so i guess the dogs either saw slash sensed it maybe picked up a scent on the wind of those three feet yeah two yeah, feet yeah. Are stinky what sure. are they gonna do stinking ass third foot yeah that's right um so yeah just just saw that happen and it's super weird so now the news director of a local radio station in nearby kokomo Whoa. Bet you didn't know there was a Kokomo, Illinois. <laughs> I did not know there was a Kokomo. Did Way down in Kokomo, Jamaica. I got us we tickets to Kokomo. 
<laughs> Illinois. Not that Kokomo. <laughs> we just watched the Muppets Kokomo video the other day. It was yes. Zoe. <laughs> um, so you, I bet you didn't know there was a Kokomo in Illinois. I bet you didn't know that the news director of the local radio station there is named Rick Rainbow. <laughs> but he, or it was, was in 1973. But he was. Wow. Um, Rick Rainbow from Kokomo. I'm Rick Rainbow from Kokomo. Did he name the Rick town? Rainbow from Kokomo. <laughs> he moved oh, there Rainbow. specifically yeah. because his name is Rick Rainbow. And he could be from Kokomo. Yeah. I don't blame him. Um, so he said that he and three people who were hanging out together spotted it not far from McDaniel's house and that it ran away from them. But he said that it was short, gray, and stooped over. And they got a recording, which I didn't find anywhere yeah. of its weird hissing cry, but no other evidence. And then not long after that, the sightings just sort of ended and there's never been an explanation as to what the hell this was. But some people think it has something to do with UFO sightings that have been in the area that I talked about sure. in that main episode. There was like a whole string of UFO sightings. So could this Enfield horror have just kind of made its way out of a flying saucer? There have been, it, it was starting to make me think of um, the Chupacabra mm -hmm. a little bit, specifically when he started to describe it gray as short, and, gray, yeah. and stooped over. Yeah, I can see that. Which sidebar, I thought you were going to say, he described it as short, gray, and stupid. <laughs> but short, gray, and... It's probably smart. It's been evading capture. Yeah, true. Yeah. But like the idea that it like, it, it, it painted a, a very animalistic picture of it and there are, and I think it's mostly a joke, but people are like, the chupacabra is an alien's dog. Oh, it's I It's like heard the aliens before. landed and the chupacabra came out yeah. and they flew off without him or something <laughs> like that. I mean, could it be not an organically three-limbed creature, but like an animal that is missing a leg? It certainly could be, know. right? I mean, yeah. what's, again, like what's more, I mean, who the hell what's yeah. more plausible right. to you? Right. You know? Yeah. It takes a lot to be like, there's a monster. Yes, but, but it is standing crazy on that, that kid's shoes and shredding them to ribbons—that doesn't even make sense to me. Me neither. But that's a kid. That's a kid who he ruined his. He shoes borrowed playing. his mom's scissors, yeah. scissors, <laughs> and and was got carried away seeing what his, the scissors could do. Yeah, to a shoe. To a shoe, <laughs> and then had to explain to his mother, "No, it was a monster." Yeah, right. <laughs> the Kokomo Madman got me by the toes. <laughs> um, Rick Rainbow from. Gamo. Let's stay on um, location centric. So okay. you just did Idaho? Illinois. Illinois. I'm going to take us to uh, Vermont. Great. So this is some uh, unused information from episode 277, mm -hmm. um, where I wrote, I researched a little bit of the second most haunted place oh, cool. in Vermont. I hope that the first most haunted was in the episode. <laughs> so <maybe>. do I. <laughs> it does It does sound much less <laughs> interesting. It has less cachet, that's for sure. It does. But this is from uh, hauntedplaces.org, which has yeah. a ranking system. So I think I was trying to go for like the top yeah. couple or whatever. Yeah. But so technically... Two is still pretty damn good. The second most haunted. The, pretty good. Yeah. The second it most haunted place. It just doesn't have place, a ring. No. Yeah. Decidedly not. So this is the Green Mountain Inn. Cool. Former inn horseman, Boots Berry, is believed to haunt the inn. Whoa, 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 whoa. I guess the resident horseman of this Green Mountain Inn yes. was named Boots Berry. Kick ass. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> I have issues with horsemen. I would say, what does a horseman do? It's like the headless horseman, right? So like, it just means you... A guy on a horse? Just means you ride a horse. But, but he's the horseman <laughs> for the inn? I don't know for the inn. It, oh, okay. it, says, it does describe him as former inn horseman. 
whatever. I don't know. I Could don't it know. Could be like um, a slave? Like remember how I went to, um, where was I? In Charleston. And I did a old house, an old house tour. Right. And they kept referring to the footmen. And I wasn't even trying to bust balls or anything, but I was like, "Why? What the hell is a footman?" So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I said, "Is a footman a slave?" And the guy was like, "Uh, uh yes." Yeah, we do come up with like handy other terms to skate around something that's too uncomfortable to face. Right. So I wonder. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It could very well be a horseman, but I well, just don't know what the hell that means. I'll tell you this: He was born in 1840 in the the inn. Mm -hmm. He was born in room 302 son of a chambermaid, and the inn's horseman. Hmm. Somebody, we record live, so somebody is saying the, a horseman might tend to the horses. Oh, okay. Matthew said that. So that, that would make a certain amount of sense, right? So like, it's like the a, limo driver of the time. Yes. Okay. Get me a long horse. Yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. To the opera. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> Get me one of them long horses. Got it. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A couple of horses roped together. That's a limo <laughs> That's, of horses. Yeah, it's a status symbol the she, for them. Yeah. Hey, who's coming by? Yeah. Hold the beef arena. <clears throat> when he became the inn's horseman himself, he was awarded a medal for best horseman. <laughs> God, we're saying horsemen no. so much. He was awarded a medal for saving some stagecoach passengers when the horses ran away. Oh, okay. This is a litter. So I mean, Boots he's doing Barry, a lot of horse work. He did a lot of horse work. All right, I was putting the cart before the horse when I said maybe it was a slave. Gotcha. Taverns all over gave Boots free drinks from that time on, which turned out not to be a good thing. Alcoholism lost him his job, and he became a wanderer. Event, which is the same as a horseman, but with no horse. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, eventually landing in a New Orleans prison. Hmm. Another prisoner taught him how to tap dance. I forgot about this. <laughs> I remember what kind this of prison now. prison is this? Now I remember this. You know? Like <laughs> yeah, I, no, I do. <laughs> right? So, okay. So, another hell? prisoner. Kind of <laughs> life. old Metro Goldwyn Mayer musical prison is this? Welcome to the prison, Sonny. Sounds like Sunny. a segment from That's Entertainment. <laughs> You're going to want to learn how to do a soft shoe around these parts. You know what they say when you go to prison? You find the biggest, toughest guy and you ask him to teach yeah. you how to tap dance. <laughs> I'll tap dance on your sternum. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my God. So now Bootsberry. exact right prison. There's twists and turns. Now Bootsberry knows how to tap dance a few and i think up until this point is he was known primarily as barry um, now that he knows how to tap dance now he's known as boots really yeah that's what it says here oh my god it's believed that it's how he earned the nickname boots boots came so, like, back you today you would earn like a teardrop tattoo in prison right. because you killed somebody then you earn a nickname like Boots now you earn, because you become an accomplished tap dancer. And you, you earn those little metal plates on the bottom of your shoes. This seems nice. <laughs> it's coming together. <laughs> yeah. So he returns to the Green Mountain Inn years later. And in 1902, he saved a little girl who had been trapped on the roof in a snowstorm. Hmm. So he's saving people all over the place, this Bootsbury. Yeah. But during his efforts, he fell to his death. And I wrote here... Just like Santa Claus <laughs> in the Tim <laughs> Allen actually, classic, The Santa Claus. It's absolutely true. According to legend, during snowstorms, folks can hear the ghost of Boots Berry tap dancing across the roof. Good God. And that is the second most famous haunting 
<laughs> in Vermont. So ridiculous. I did. I did. I did write down a couple of comments. Talk about twists and turns. <laughs> Like, I thought this was going to be about, like, a, I don't know, once I realized that it wasn't just, like, a, a word that's a cover-up yeah. for, like, a horrific thing yes. that we used to do. I, I was like, oh, it's going to be some sort of stable thing. Sure. No. no. It's a tap dancing it's mystery. A tap dancing man. He, wow. he went away and he came back a tap dancer. God. Um, so a couple of comments. One from Eric. They changed the room numbers at the end. It is now room 243, but is still on the third floor. So if anybody's going to go to the Green Mountain Inn, the room number is now 243. Okay. Which is relevant because the next comment that I've got for you comes from somebody who simply goes by H. We are currently in 243. Whoa. Last night Boots I. It's on the ground. Tap shoes on the ground. Last night I heard tapping. <laughs> That's what it says. I love is it. Is it in caps? No, I'm, I'm saying it that way. It just sounds so urgent. We are currently in 243. It sounds like they're calling for help. Yes, it is. That's on hauntedplaces.org. For anyone who sees this comment, please call the police. <laughs> we are currently in 243. I love that. Last night I heard tapping. I woke up, looked around, and went back to sleep. <laughs> just this morning, started researching and learned about boots. Interesting. That's all it says. That's very interesting. More if than that, interesting. If that were me, I would be thrilled. Heard some tapping. And agog. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. But that's the story of Boots Barry at the Green Mountain Inn from episode 277. Didn't make the cut. But imagine if that remained on the cutting room floor. Right. The story of Boots Barry needed it's to be heard. Right. No, yeah, no. absolutely. All right. Also, uh, location specific, let's sail on over to Salt Lake Cemetery. It's from our Utah episode not too long ago. So, first of all, this place is huge. It's 220 acres, which I can, like, barely wrap my head around, with 125,000 residents. Wink. Um, it's set high above the city, so there are beautiful views. When you're there, you can see gorgeous Salt Lake City, but there also might be terrifying things right around the next headstone. Oh, no. So, is the resting place of a lot of the first people to come to Utah, and the conditions back then were harsh. It's like Oregon Trail kind of stuff, I guess. Dysentery. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, lots of deaths due to accidents and illnesses. So, the result is that there are a ton of graves of people who died at all ages, from babies to adults. And as a result, it's said that people hear the sound of babies crying and children running around the graves who disappear into thin air if you approach them. Okay. Classic. Classic stuff. haunting stuff. Um, there are also young military men haunting their grave sites. And general ghosty stuff happens with them as well. But there are a few more specific stories that I came across. If you drive on Cascade Avenue, because this place is so huge. It has its own like, streets and stuff. Because you got to like drive to where you know, the grave is that you want to visit. It's cool. But if you drive on Cascade Avenue at dark, you'll see the ghost of an old man just taking a walk. But he will disappear when you get close. Then, there's a separate thing, you can also visit the grave of Jacob E. Moritz, which is also known as Emo's Grave. Wait, you brought that up during it, didn't you? I, I did. Remembered. I did yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, Emo's it was Grave. Kind of, um, urban legendy. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, and you said, and I'll just repeat so people know what we're talking about, sure. that if you walk around his crypt three times and then you look into the window, you'll be able to see his face. Which is cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, there's also. This is a, a weird thing. There's a grave site, and it's for somebody named uh, Lily E. Gray, which is inscribed with 666, Victim of the Beast. Whoa. Victim of the Beast. Yeah. 
So her husband, Elmer, ordered that gravestone, and it seems like he was a guy who was not well. Um, he, he was eccentric, and he had sev several run-ins with the law during his lifetime and lots of conspiracy theories. He felt like the government was out to get him, and it's speculated that maybe he blamed the government for his previous wife's death. In a legal document that he completed for the Utah Board of Pardons in 1947, Elmer said that his parents, quote, died of grief when kidnappers murdered my wife. Oh, my God. On the same document, he states that five Democrats kidnapped me. And um, it's viewable on the Utah State Archive site, if you're curious. And it's straight. So, like, neither of those things speak to 666, no. the beast. And we don't no because people have researched this before and they can't find any like connections to the occult or satanism as far as like her death or even stuff that this guy elmer talked about however it is undeniably kind of in keeping in a way like i guess if you were to find out that there was a grave that says something super weird on it sure. and that this guy is the husband of that person it'd be like Okay, even though it's not like the right subject matter, like he says far out things all the time. Yes, he is being maybe hyperbolic. Yeah. He's maybe exaggerating, but it's all from this like gut punch of how he feels. Right, but know? we don't know we don't know what his theory was behind yeah. that. Like what was the deal? 666 victim of the beast is yeah. even just like in a vacuum is yeah. a is a very interesting phrase. It is, and to have on a grave, yeah, it's really wild. You know, we talked, we did a, a recent Patreon show about Remedy Games, mm -hmm. who makes like Alan Wake and Max Payne. Yeah, they so like across all their games, like the the bulk of that episode was talking about like how there are similar motifs and like an interconnected universe right. among their different properties. They have this line that they use. Mm -hmm. I think in multiple, it may almost appear in just about every game. You'll find the number 665 or uh -huh. 667. And if you find that on like a door or in a document, almost inevitably somebody makes the comment, the neighbor of the beast. Oh. That appears in almost every single game that they've That's made. That's awesome. The neighbor, the of, neighbor the beast, of the beast. Which is like simultaneously like a, a joke, right? Well, like, like it's it, deflated. Though. Yeah. Or it's like you're coming close to danger. Right. I don't I don't know. Yeah, like what is that supposed it to be? It plays both like it. jokey and intimidating, which yeah. I like. But I've never literally the phrase I'm just responding to the phrasing. I know. 666 the victim of the beast. Yeah, not even 666 victim of the beast. Victim of the beast. And it's crazy. I know, it's really weird. And then I've just a little shorty that was also sure. um from Utah. It's very quick. It's about the Rio Grande train station. So this was a building that was constructed in 1910, and it was operated as a train depot until 1947. And there is a spirit that has been uh, seen there since then known as the Purple Lady. Oh. The story goes that she argued with her fiancé at the depot right before he left for one of the world wars, and she threw her, rain on, er, rain, her, she threw her ring onto the train track because they were having a fight, but then immediately regretted that she had done it. So then she went down onto the tracks to retrieve it and mm. was struck and killed by a train. Ugh. So the building now houses the Utah Historical Society. It's no longer a train depot. And members of the society have reported strange happenings in the building, um, having encounters with the purple lady who wears a purple dress and has long black hair. Cool. Yeah. Wow. I, it's it, Again. A shorty it, and a sweetie. A shorty and a sweetie. Mm-hmm. 
But that also, like, I haven't heard exactly that story. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's got some hallmarks of just, like, classical. Yeah. They were They were to be wed, but she threw her ring and regretted it immediately. Right. And trying to recover it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it's, I don't know. Yeah, there is something of, like, a, you're right, the beats feel kind of classic in a way. Yes. And almost, like, a little, little, little bit, like, uh, morality tale. Sure. Ish, mm-hmm. you know, like you you threw this thing away that you shouldn't have, and even though you tried to undo it, it was too late. It was too late. So you know, think before you act. Yes. So you befall this unfortunate fate. Yeah. 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 It does. It feels also like, um, and it's very story y, mm-hmm. you know, of like like the the bride when yeah. they were playing hide and seek on their wedding night, and so she goes and hides yeah. in a chest in the attic. We love a ghost bride. A, a bride, bride, a woman is definitely in white. Recurring. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. There's like a, it's the it's, it's like a mournful. Go ahead. Well, I think it's the contrasty. Yeah. Like this is supposed to be the best day of your life. Mm-hmm. Oops, it's the last day of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You true. Know? Um, all right, I, I am going to leap to another ghostly woman. Okay. Have you? I don't know if you've heard of her. Oh, I don't know. Tell me. The Blair Will's Witch. Will's coyly hiding something from me, but I knew what it was. The Blair Witch. What's she up to that we're not going to know about? Well, I'm going to tell you about it now, so now you <laughs> will know about it. In episode 300, just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. we talked about like the original Blair Witch stuff. Right. Right. The original, the first movie, the website. The, the dossier materials around and it. in it i like i took a quick second to talk about something that most people wouldn't ever even think about yeah the soundtrack right to the movie and what i talked about in the show i i think is is interesting mm-hmm. and, and i'll only just reencapsulate it briefly here just to give context sure but like everything in the blair witch universe was originally presented as if it <laughs> it existed it was real it yeah. was real and so even when they released a soundtrack that you could buy a CD. It was supposed to be the mixtape. Yeah, like a that, road trip mix that they were listening to. Yes, yeah. which is like fun, but like it's probably straining credulity. It's like the the most tongue in cheek. This is yeah. Josh's mixtape. Yeah, right. You know, right. and totally. it allows us to release a soundtrack. Yes. Well, I totally forgot that there was a secret on what? the CD. You could put the CD in your CD player or in your Sony Walkman uh-huh. and go to school listening well, to it. Would be a disc man, but disc man, you're right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Or you can put the CD in your computer. <gasps> Did you? Do you have something? I have it. <gasps> I don't think we can show it. What happens? There is a secret file. Uh-huh. I mean, they they go ahead. They promote that it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it even says enhanced CD. This disc, disc contains rare and exclusive film footage. Oh, okay. So there are still cool, but I thought it was secret. It's 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 still no totally one knows cool. about it really. No, I know, but it'd be weird if it, it would just be fun to me if somebody who's just like a super nerdy fan was like, let me just try, and they they're true. rewarded. That that is true. But no, uh, so there are twelve songs. Mm-hmm. Well, if you put the CD in, there's a thirteenth file, and it's a video file, and it's. Uh, basically it's like a deleted scene Ah. it's heather mike and josh they're firmly trapped in the woods at this point Mm -hmm. and they are arguing it's during the period of time where they keep talking about like let's just head south yeah we're just gonna go south well this scene shows a moment where josh is essentially saying like no it's not working this is stupid this is ridiculous you guys want to walk south fine you two go walk south i'm staying right here until somebody shows up right and they're arguing, and at some point, Heather says to Josh, 
She says, you know, I hope that you wake up to a giant stone pile on your head tomorrow. And Josh says to Heather that if anything happens to him, it's on her head. Oh. It's her fault. Uh-huh. Even Mike starts to disagree with Josh's aggression. Yeah, he's going too far. And it's interesting. It's cut from the movie, obviously. Yeah. And I'm almost surprised it doesn't jive with conventional Blair Witch lore anymore. Yeah. Because while they're arguing, and they're firmly trapped in the woods at this point, mm-hmm. an airplane flies overhead. Oh, I mean, maybe that's why it's cut. And they're even talking, and he's and Josh's point is like, obviously... We, it's impossible that we're as lost as we are. I don't know how we're this lost, but we are this lost. But look, airplanes are even flying overhead. Yeah. We must be somewhere that people can find us. Right, right. And in a modern Blair Witch thing, that, yeah. that would certainly not occur. Totally. It was very interesting to to see, and it was on the Yeah, the if soundtrack. that hadn't been cut, yeah. then a whole segment of like theorizing yeah. would be it wouldn't exist well but the fact of the matter is it was yeah. conventionally released right. even even though it's an unconventional way of getting it out there yeah it was released on an official soundtrack yeah yeah so it is canon yeah. i know i know you're i know i know, I know your response but it's it's there yeah yeah, yeah kind of it was on his mixtape it, it was but like you know <laughs> josh put it in his mixtape <laughs> that he made for his car <laughs> he's he handpicked all these songs of course he did. It was the last day of his life. Right. That certainly means something. Of course, I wouldn't take that away from him, but I don't know if that's... He's just trying to go on a trip with his friends. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that, Kate. <laughs> I felt it coming. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we move on and see just what the hell happened to Carrie Fisher... Oh. That was ghostly. Lots of things happened. <laughs> we, we know yeah, what yeah, happened yeah. to Carrie Fisher. <laughs> 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 One thing yeah. that... You know, you might not know. Right, right. Well, you could because it was broadcast on TV. Anyway, we just need to let you know that if you go to patreon.com slash pod, you can access an entire second podcast that we have that comes out every single week. It's called The Netherworld Dispatch. Episodes come out every Monday. And Will and I do things like movie reviews. We sometimes, um, like this week's coming episode, talk about just like, News of the day. We talked about the um, Mexico UFO hearing that happened today, yep. along with a new Saw trailer. That's or right. Saw sneak, sneak peek. That's a, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't think it qualifies no, no. as either one of those. It was a parody of the Nicole Kidman AMC ad. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. So, we, we looked at that. Things so like go this. check it out patreon.com slash gttupod mm-hmm. even right this second if you go sign up our most recent episode is episode 126 yes and it's titled hashtag blair witch fest <laughs> yeah this was this was crazy this is one of the crazier things we've done uh this uh, uh is the latest affi- although i think it happened at the same time about as season two of the hunt killer game Doesn't feel right. it's one of the latest releases official Lionsgate releases in the Blair Witch universe right and it's on a, a steamy romance. romance storytelling fanfic app yeah it's so weird i i don't know how this came to be maybe somebody who works at Lionsgate which is the 
company that owns Blair Witch has like a cousin who works at Dorian <laughs> or something. I don't see the crossover. Don't but, um, you put down Dorian. I'm not. I just, it has no relevance. It's got dozen of person. I know. The rest of the app is like fantasy romance, like a vampire we literally open it and, and it's a vampire like an alien. Honking on out. a boob. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and all, yeah, exactly. Like the actual app has like cartoon art that's like somewhat graphic. Yeah. yeah it was like a, a vampire hand like on a booby and uh yeah this and there's an official Blair Witch tie-in where they were saying like here was a premise there was a three-day music festival mm -hmm. in Burkittsville and you're a horror streamer and you have a crush on your producer go it's so and so people weird. made stories not a lot no four, we, we five we played through the one that I thought had the most views mm -hmm. yeah it turns out there was an official winner it's not what we looked at. I know. You told me after. But yeah. go check it out. It is a wild, wild time. Yeah. It's just, I don't. It's interesting. It's an interesting platform. I mean, I think it's a sweet platform. I just don't see the the correlation between it and Blair Witch. That's so random. Just about none. None. But, you know, whatever. Three-day music festival in <laughs> yeah. Perkinsville. Right. Um, but so check that out. That's episode 126 of the Netherworld Dispatch. Yep. I also want to shout out our Patreon, excuse me, well, our Discord that you get access to when you're part of the Patreon. Yeah. Um, hello to everybody on our Discord. You're all awesome. And it's a it's a place. It's almost like a chat room like platform where there are different little categories that you can talk in. And everybody there is super nice and super cool. And um, yeah, you get access to that when you join us on any tier over on Patreon. Yes. So please go check it out. Mm -hmm. I also have a review um, from this past week that was posted by XXJinxXX, <laughs> who says, I wish I could give it six stars. <gasps> A fantastic yes. podcast hosted by the best sibling duo around. Kristen and Will take everything spooky, macabre, and fantastical and make it all the more entertaining with their hilarious banter. That's nice. Thank Five you so much. Five stars. Thank, Thank you very you much, very, Jinx. very, very much. It's very sweet of you. And while we're all here, we want to unveil an event that we're going to be doing next week month mm -hmm. this is for friday the 13th there's a friday the 13th in october this Beautiful. year Kristen. i think that happened maybe last year or the previous year i feel like i remember marveling at this don't make it less special oh, sorry i mean this is the only this one is in huge decades this is enormous yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be doing what we call a demon drive right. we're going to be live streaming on the evening of friday the 13th mm -hmm. at 7 p.m eastern here on youtube.com slash gttu pod we're, we're going to do a bunch of different things yeah. We're going to play some games, some yeah. of which enable you to potentially play with us. Yes. Yeah, you can like hook in. Uh, we're going to do a live commentary mm -hmm. for the George Romero classic Night of the Living Dead because it's in the public domain and right. therefore we can. Yeah, you can watch it. We're going to watch Night of the Living Dead together. Yep. And we may have some other secret surprises. You may be able to uh, affect what direction that we uh, go in. We might mm -hmm. do rankings. We might do any number of things. Some yeah. competitions. Yep. Uh, together. October is sure, going to be I'll a. Kick your ass. Oh, crass. Will. Oh, cripes. <laughs> uh, every year on Guide to the Unknown during October, we've had a different theme mm -hmm. uh, for the month, and so we can just, I think, go ahead and say it that yes. October is going to be Game Tober. That's right. We are going to be focusing on a different movie each week that has a game aspect to it. The Hunger Games, obviously, Saw X will become. Out, so we'll review that on the Patreon. Game. The game, yes, with yeah. Michael Douglas. The game, yep. Um, Battle Royale, Escape, Escape Room. room? 
Yeah, pay attention. We'll post the full, yeah, we will. the full, uh, like, uh, the run of Battle shows. Battle Royale's not in it. No? But that's a good one. So we're going to, on this demon drive, I want to have a gameplay element as well. And I would love yeah. for other people to join us and, and literally play some of the games with us. Yes, it'll be fun. Uh, so join us, follow at GTTUPod for more leading up to it. And uh, it's going to be a good time, everybody. Demon Drive, Friday the 13th, 7 p.m., mm-hmm. youtube.com slash GTTUPod. That's right. There you go. All right. So now let's see what's been going on with our friend Carrie Fisher. Or yes. what did go on. What happened? Past. Okay, so this is from our first Celebrity Ghost Stories episode. Celebrity Ghost Stories, if you don't know, is a show that was on A&E. It is now hosted on the Lifetime Movie Network YouTube channel. Right. And so Will and I have been watching those episodes and, and retelling these celebrity stories uh, to you. So Carrie Fisher is, um, you would know her best likely as Princess Leia uh, from Star Wars. Yes. And also she's like just a really, or well, she's passed away now. She's just like a really cool person. She wrote really interesting books. Um, she was really, really open about her history of uh, mental illness and like substance issues and just like a really cool person. And was very like a, a clever and talented too. She was oh, yeah. uh, famously a script doctor yes. on like a, a million different kinds of movies that you would never have anticipated. Totally. Yep. It was um, very cool. A book that she wrote called Postcards from the Edge was made into a movie in the 80s. I think Meryl Streep is in it. I've never seen it. Um, I've read her. I've read I've read a couple of her books and I really, really liked them. She's and she had that writer. dog. Remember that dog she had? Oh my God. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. She had that dog she brought with her everywhere. D- she during would do, like... promoting Last Jedi and Force Awakens, she had this dog. I think his name was Gary. Yes. Gary the Punk or something. I think I, I Gary followed. Fisher. I followed Gary on Twitter, and I think that was how I found out that Carrie Fisher died, if I remember correctly. Oh, no. Because her brother ran the Gary Fisher account, oh. and her brother tweeted about it. I forgot about Gary Fisher. And, yeah, it was this this adorable, like, black French bulldog, I think, yeah. whose tongue was too big for his mouth. Yeah, yeah, Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And because she was, like, famous and, like, kind of an established Hollywood person, and also, I think, just, like, didn't give a shit, yeah. she would just basically be like, if I can't bring Gary, I'm not going to come. I was, uh, she... And so then she would just bring Gary everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was so cool. Okay, so she tells this story. She said that um, her good friend, and mom had told me, not the ghost aspect of the story, but mom had told me this story one time when we were talking about her. It's really, it had to be so traumatizing. She had a good friend who she describes as a Republican gay drug addict. (laughs) Okay. Whose (laughs) name is Gary Stevens, or was Gary Stevens. All right. And he was staying with Carrie to go out to the Oscar parties. He, like, came to visit and was sleeping over, and they're just like, gonna go (laughs) make the town. I know, she's she's so funny even Uh, in this. I'll be telling it more straightforward. Um, I recommend finding the clip i just think she was like such a delightful person yeah um so he stayed out later at these parties than carrie did and then he brought home a friend with him and because of that he and carrie slept in her bed together so that their friend judy who he had brought home from the parties could sleep in the guest room yes and then carrie woke up to find greg unresponsive and started pounding on his chest to wake him up but he had died of heart failure oh my god it's she had a very tragic life too in a lot of ways this only adds to it so um, after that happened, a little while later, she said that she started having a really strong sense of a presence in her house and that it, the house just felt 
heavier. Like it was not, it wasn't a, a good feeling. And yet probably because a combo of um, Gary having died not that long ago and also just a sense, she yeah. thought it was Gary. So she said that she started fully acknowledging it coming in and saying, hi, Gary, I'm home. And she said that it felt like the air was almost liquid and like you were moving through an aura in the house. She said that she started hearing these weird, distinctive noises, and she told a guy that she was dating at the time about it, and he just thought the whole thing was ridiculous. So then one night, she was just sitting at home, and she was writing, and she heard this little speaker that she had that would say mean things. I think it's basically almost like... um like the that was easy button yeah, or whatever, yeah, like yeah. any of those dumb things, like the um, little baseball man that comes out of the sewer in uh, Seinfeld that says like, holy, holy cow. cow. So like that. So she hears this little speaker going, uh, you're an asshole. Eat shit. Are you talking to me? <laughs> and it was something that she had when she and George Lucas were writing Young Indy together. Wow. The thing is, it was in Greg's room in the closet with his clothes. And she said it went off twice, both times saying, are you talking to me? Whoa. So she went in and like rifled around and found it. And she said, Greg, it's not funny. And she felt like um, of all of the things that this thing could have said, it seemed to be acknowledging her trying to communicate with him because she had started coming in the are house. Are you talking saying, to me? Yeah. Well, hi, Greg, whatever. So a friend who Carrie told about this whole thing told her to go to a psychic who told her that Greg was pulled out of life so abruptly that he was in distress and he didn't accept leaving. And that's probably why the house had this heavy feel to it, even though he was such a, a joyful person with her in life, despite all his problems. And Carrie didn't feel like uh, it was such a bad th I don't know what I meant here. I'm sorry. I wrote Carrie didn't feel like it was such a bad thing and that it made sense. Oh, I see. I would, okay, so like you can understand why he would be upset or something. Not exactly. It's so she was saying that because he was planning, he was just visiting LA at this point, but he was planning on settling down in LA with her and living with her. And so he was still doing it just in the afterlife. So basically like ah, their plan to be together right. is still playing out. And that's why she was like, I don't feel like this is such a terrible thing obviously it's terrible that he died but like you're where you wanted to be so yeah. it's it it makes sense that you get to be here and she said that it makes sense to stay where you're comfortable with people that you're comfortable with until you're ready to move on and it seemed like that was what gary was doing and it kind of just ended there there wasn't like a resolution it's like still to, ongoing i i guess so yeah wow that's interesting right I know the the description from the psychic of like he was ripped so abruptly right. from life that he refused to accept it. Mm -hmm. That's like terrifying. Yeah, totally. and, and upsetting. But like almost repaints the idea of becoming a ghost as like a traumatic process. Yeah, that you almost it would have, have to, to be. like you go you go through the five stages of grief about your own, your own death. death. Yeah, I mean, that night he was like living it up, it sounds like for him, like yeah. going to Oscars parties yeah. and then it ends. Now, like, who's this so Oscar? It, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> and does he have anything to do with this? <laughs> and yeah, to just like pop up now in the afterlife and be like, what? I was having yeah. such a good time. Like that would be horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's let's I, I like you uh, going into the celebrity realm. Oh, let's let's go with another A-lister. Who didn't make the cut in episode 304, which was just last week. Right. Um, really. I'm going to tell you about the haunting of Scott Baio. Oh, 
I've been waiting. Another another storied individual who's done such good work. Yeah. Such good work behind the scenes, and in, in, and <laughs> he was in front of a camera once or twice, I think. Yeah, he was. He was Charles. Yeah, he's Charles. Of in charge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it was Chachi. <laughs> oh from, yeah, he was Chachi from Happy Days. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of a sweet story. Uh huh. I, I I'll have some editorializing, of course, because about, of what Scott Bayo about like. Mr. Bayo's attitude. Okay. In general, or <laughs> yeah, it's very general. It almost has nothing to do with the haunting. With, does it have to do with the blog Jezebel by any chance? No, not that I know. All right, I won't be rude, but I just need to look up something while you're <laughs> please by all means. Okay. So this is like a very personal story and a very heartfelt one and a very sweet story. But he does say a couple of things that made me go okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scott Bayo starts off by insisting. <laughs> I love anybody who starts a story this way. He goes, "Before I get into this, I just need you to know I'm a normal guy." Okay. And he goes, I'm a normal person. He's like, I don't believe, in, I don't go to psychics, I don't go to seances, whatever. Yeah. Which, like, on the one hand, it does build some credibility of, like, I didn't want this to happen. Right. I had an experience, I'm going to tell you about it. But it just, like, it smacks of, like, hmm, he thinks the do- the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> right, right. Let me start by saying I'm normal. <laughs> no, well, no, there's nothing less normal in the world, you know, than being like, I'm normal. Oh, <laughs> He details the moment his brother called him to Mm -hmm. break the news of their father's death, March 31st, 2007. Um, He says that his wife, unlike him, does pick up on off-kilter kinds of information. Oh, how interesting, as his wife is rather off-kilter herself. Really? Do you have information? That's what this is about. (gasps) Okay. (laughs) This happened even longer ago than I thought. So, um... (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> he so, you're just hijacking my chachi aren't you i'm taking your chachi <laughs> you took my chachi so he is like a major like right-wingy yes. conservative dude and um was talking about how like he shouldn't have to pay taxes for lazy people and stuff <laughs> yeah. and was just kind of like going <laughs> meanwhile off. he's chachi meanwhile <laughs> and was just like going off on the internet so then <laughs> the um the website Jezebel which was like it's still I think it still exists but it was like part of like Gawker media yeah, like that uh-huh. whole thing posted an online uh, well obviously online a timeline of like crazy things that he said and then what Scott Bayo's wife found out about this and did not like it at all. And is his wife named Renee in this? I wonder if he has like multiple wives I, or not. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, she got pissed and started coming at the authors of the article and um, Jezebel as a whole, which is like a, a feminist like yeah. website or whatever. I haven't looked at it in a million years, but and uh, started like, I think it was it was started responding. I don't know if it was tweeting. I don't know if it was what. But she was calling the authors of Jezebel lesbian shit asses. (laughs) (laughs) Going off about them going after her husband and stuff. And so that was all. I remembered Scott Bayo wife lesbian shit ass. So I put... lesbian shit ass into google just now wow. to find this out and that's what it is so that that was what i the these context. lesbian shit asses i'll see if i can find the what direct. a normal what a normal insult from a normal family i know so go ahead i'll see if i can find her actual quote and tweet or whatever well, it was but that's that's enough if i don't here's here's the moment that made me go all right mr bayo yeah 
And it's, it's, you know what this is? It's a microaggression. Uh-huh. All right. It's not a huge, okay. huge, huge deal. It's perhaps an indication. But he goes, so his wife, he's saying, I'm normal. I don't believe in, go- just say it. What'd you find about the chachi? Well, you I made forgot Christy about- made a big face that I couldn't ignore. I forgot about this whole thing. So their whole deal is like ragging on Jezebel for being like a feminist woman's newspaper. And so I, I forgot that Scott Bayo also himself got in on this and he tweeted at the authors at the broom and dustpan are in the closet for them to like clean up because they're oh. ladies. Yeah. Ew. And like I know, these people are terrible. At no point did it that's weird too, because then like don't you think that like Mrs. Chachi is like, well wait a minute. But there's <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> clearly not if just because it's a feminist website she calls everybody lesbians. There are a lot of like self-hating, like misogynist women. For sure. So yeah crazy crazy i haven't thought about that in forever wow all right well the, i'll leave it there now let's the, talk about the ghosts chachi the chachi family is no good <laughs> no good no bueno so so to recap mm-hmm. sorry scott bayo insists he's normal <laughs> <laughs> all evidence to the contrary but he says his wife does enjoy kooky information so and so she when 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 his brother called to say that their father had died mm-hmm. on March 31st, 2007. His wife clocks. She notices. She goes, that call came in at 1015. She says that to him. Mm-hmm. Just an innocuous, I don't know. She marked the time. Yeah. And then Scott Bayo in the room talking to Celebrity Ghost Stories goes, okay, thank you for the information. <laughs> he like fires off an aside to the producers about to like his wife being a weirdo wife like seem like a lovely couple mr bayo you might be a dick yeah <laughs> i'm feeling that way so the however his father just died he's reeling he is sad he is sitting at his desk when he notices a watch that his father had given him and wouldn't you know it the time is stopped at 10 15 that's cool to go a step further the date is frozen on the 31st. Oh. Which I kind of like. That is cool. He talks about thinking that it was just an odd coincidence and mm-hmm. moving on. But uh, evidently, Scott Bayo and his father were not getting along toward the end of his father's Maybe his life. His father was a good guy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he doesn't say much about it, but, you know, whatever happened between them had obviously been a significant, you know. Caused a rift. Disagreement, you know, argument. Mm-hmm. The day after his father's death, I wrote here, Chachi and his wife find out they're going to have a baby. When ba- Baby loves Chachi. Baby, lo- baby loves Chachi. <laughs> he was on a show called Joni Loves Chachi. Yes, short-lived. Yes. When the baby is born, uh, she's misdiagnosed with a disorder mm. that has Chachi and Mrs. Chachi scared. Yeah. As anyone would be. It's sure. a misdiagnosis. His wife, therefore, ends up spending a lot of time in the baby's room at night. So Chachi wakes up one morning and discovers his wife as white as a ghost. Mm -hmm. Turns out she says she saw a ghost. It turns out in the middle of the night, she woke up in the baby's room to see a man standing by the baby's crib, staring in at the baby. He had a crooked hat and shorts on, and then he turned, nodded at her, and left. Weird. Crooked shorts? Crooked shorts. Uh, And Chachi says, I took it as... That was my dad mm-hmm. looking out for our daughter. Yeah. Still going. Uh, now, what, what does this mean? What did I write? <laughs> All right. He says that he's walking the dogs when a warm breeze kicks up. And he says this. This is in quotes. 
this breeze cut me in half. And again, I'm a normal guy. <laughs> he says, I don't look for this stuff. I'm not a kook. <laughs> trying real hard. And this breeze, <laughs> he says, this breeze almost picked me up off the ground. What? This is quite a breeze. Sorry, Chuck. Mr. Uh, Mr. Scott Bayo is five foot ten. Okay, I was about to say, is he short or something? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't think, to be fair, no, no, I don't no. think people who are short get picked up by the wind commonly. No, I did it as a joke, but you seem to reinforce it. <laughs> now it's a problem for you. I mean, explain. <laughs> Nor do I. However, if I remember correctly. Constantly walking outside on a breezy <laughs> day and there are short people. Ah, grab my feet. Grab my feet. <laughs> If I remember correctly, because I loved Charles in Charge when it was on. Did you? Yeah. Um, I was like a kid, kid. It was like in the 80s. So, I, so you were stupid. <laughs> yes, basically <laughs> is what I'm saying. You know how like 80s TV shows would have kind of like clips from the actual episodes of a show sure. with the music over it? I am thinking of an episode where somebody picks him up like really quickly. And I was thinking, oh, is he like... Is there a joke that he's short or yeah. something? Um, but I might just be remembering wrong. I think he's a little guy. 5'10 isn't really short. He comes, you know what? He feel, yeah. He, he feels comes small. off, he feels small. Yeah. He comes off as very little. He has a small aura. Yeah. Anyway, in this breeze, he hears a voice that says, I'm sorry. Hmm. And he replies, I'm sorry too. Hmm. And he got home and collapsed in tears. He said that his father did not express any emotion unless it was anger. Hmm. But that apology seemed almost like a blanket apology. It covered everything. Yeah. And uh, he said to no one or to his father, he said, you're welcome anytime you want to come here. Oh, that's Just nice. very sweet. It's a yeah, very a sweet, sweet story. story from a very pathetic man. Yeah, he's a duty man. But it's a sweet story. Yeah, it really is. Did you have anything you want to say about Scott Bayo before I... Oh, sure. I, he's a piece of <laughs> shit. No, like you had said you knew stuff and then I was like, oh, lesbian shit asses or whatever. No, no, no. Oh, okay. That's, I didn't know if you had like things. The story I told you is the story I had to tell. Okay. <laughs> There's, I just didn't I don't want to shock you. There's almost nothing else to say about Scott Bayo. I misunderstood. I thought you... I thought you were like, I'll, I'll explain why. <laughs> I misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right. So let's finish this episode off, I think, with the story of the Chaneke. This is from our um, Urban Legends episode, I oh, okay. think, I believe. Because cool. um, it it's a C. We're yeah, like a C. we're in the C's. Chane K. I spelled it out phonetically, and I'm still not sure which <laughs> emphasis goes where. But was Chachi in maybe the Urban Legends section too? <laughs> maybe, maybe the legend of Chachi. Uh, so the Aztecs of, Mez of Mexico believed in a small creature called uh, Chaneke. I'm gonna ch no Chaneke. I'm gonna say Chaneke. Everybody, I I'm sorry. Um, meaning quote those who inhabit dangerous places. So they were sometimes portrayed as being good, sometimes as scary, but like. They're either going to steal your soul or they'll act as a guardian of nature. Of course. There are kind a lot of, of creatures like this. Either or. Hot and cold. Yes. Um, but their physical descriptions always kind of have similar elements, whether they're good or bad. They're pretty much always short and naked and are either straight up old people or children with the faces of old people. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Wait. So how can you tell that they're not an old person? I don't know. I guess they're not wrinkly elsewhere. 
Well, I guess it was it's doing just... the the wrinkle chuck. <laughs> what was this wrinkle creature chest. called? Chanake. A chanake. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an apt it's, name. It's spelled. It's spelled C H A N E Q U E, and then I wrote in parentheses. I remember I looked it up. I wrote Chanake. Okay. Chanake. Chanake. They are naked. They are naked. It's true. It's weird. You don't um, often hear a non-human described as being naked. Yeah, you're right. You're not like, oh, my dog is my always dog naked. My dog is naked. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's usually just like a given. Yes. Like, ew, this naked deer wandered into my yard. It's yeah, right. It would yeah. be way stranger if the deer had it's a hat pants. on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they live in forests, rivers, or caves. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so stupid. I know. I love it. Um, and are connected to the earth and water. And they might not always be visible to adults, but children can generally see them, which is too bad for children. Yeah, that's a shame. Like. That's very scary. I can't wait to grow up. <laughs> Stop seeing these old naked people. Especially because they like to sing, scream, and cry. Oh, my God. Horrible. Children should not be exposed to the no, chanaki. this is exactly what children shouldn't see. No. Raises way more questions yes. than answers. Uh, in some contemporary legends, the Chinakes are capable of leading people astray for several days. And during this period, victims experience memory lapses that are attributed to their alleged transport to the underworld. Oh. The, uh, the entrance to the underworld is thought to be located be, uh, underneath a dried tree and a common belief was that to avoid the chineke you had to wear your shirt inside out that oh. will do the trick for whatever reason i guess okay. this is just gonna it's gonna really throw them yeah uh they are notorious for stealing the souls of anybody who just like wanders into their midst and what they would do is scare the souls out of the body of the trespasser and then bury it underneath the ground the soul or yes, the body i believe the soul huh. the only way then to recover it is for the victim of this whole thing to go undergo a very specific ritual otherwise they're going to die so they're alive without this soul yeah interesting yeah correct okay. um when which kind of reminds me of remember um when i was talking about the hag in a few episodes back there was a hag that was like Kind of like it was a Gullah Gullah, if I remember correctly, uh, legend. And there was like it would it would basically like get on your body. It was kind of a, a variation of like old hag syndrome and like scare your soul out of you or something. And then it would like joyride with your soul. Yeah, uh -huh, uh -huh. And if it didn't make it back with your soul by morning, right. then you would be soulless. Yes. So, yeah. OK. I yeah, don't know. Right. I, I guess it's just. I just thought of it, just removing their soul from their body for whatever reason. Um, when angered, unsurprisingly, the Chineke can be disruptive and physically harm humans. Uh, one example that was on Wikipedia is when a Chineke threw a fistful of hay into the mouth of a prisoner. But then the prisoner was able to scare the Chineke away by saying he will create a fire with this with this hay. He has been really talking around it. But the Chineke was, like, was like, fire, no, and ran away. Fire so, bad. So fire bad. So something to keep in your back pocket if you ever run into one of these. <laughs> Disruptive is probably... <laughs> An understatement? Yeah. A tremendous so. understatement. They might steal your soul. Yeah. But even just like them being present, but like nude. 
Yes. And that's disruptive. It's absolutely disruptive. Yeah, just to be short and nude. Yeah. Sometimes with a face that matches their nude body. Sometimes with a wrinkleless body that doesn't match their wrinkly face. It's weird. It's all strange. Although, I don't know if you've seen a lot of like shirtless old people. A fair few. The, the quantity of wrinkles yeah. massively increases starting at the neck and then it's up true. to the rest of the head. An, it's uh, true. This is, this is more um, delicate skin. Is that why? Or it's just more commonly exposed I think to the sun? so. I mean, I think it's that too. But think about it. Like, the skin of your neck is kind of like thinner than, right. you know, the rest like of your, your body. Tum-tum and that's, stuff. Yeah, that's, I just mean to say, like, fun fact, a naked old person. Uh, Not their, that bad. Their head might be wrinklier than what comes below. Yeah, so just... Know Just that. Just know that. So that you're not surprised. You can take that with you. Yeah. That one's for free. And then also, conversely, um, older people who get lots of like Botox and plastic surgery and everything, they have like a reverse chinake oh. because the rest of their body might have some wrinkles and a natural effects of aging, but then their face does not. Like it's a common. That's interesting. It's a common thing. Like for uh, when people are talking about like anti-aging stuff to not forget the hands. Because they say people always forget their hands right. and then your hands reveal your age because you've done all this work here, but then you have like naturally wrinkly hands. So if you're trying to like create this effect that aging hasn't affected you, you got to do it everywhere where your skin is going to be exposed. That's a good note. Also the ears, your earlobes. Got to lotion those up. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't really care, but I know it's a thing. <laughs> you know a lot about it. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I, I, I might. It's just more of a laziness. You thing could help the Chineke. Eh? I could. Yeah. Yeah. Get them a little jade roller or something. That's like a, a facial tool. Um, don't worry about it. It's like nonsense. Is it? Does it do? Anything? No, it is not. So it's the action of rolling does something because it's kind of like stimulating your lymph and stuff like that. But the actual jade crystal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people say it's doing something, but it's not. It's just that you're. Anytime you're like bringing blood to the surface is healthy for your body. There's and so, that's what so much that I doing. don't do. <laughs> Honestly, I don't either. I really, besides like getting my, now my eyebrows, lash line and lip color tattooed, I do like no skin stuff. I just don't have the patience for it, <laughs> but what are you going to do? Um, so anyway, the last thing about it is that villagers used to give the Chineke offerings in exchange for protection, hoping that they would protect their harvest and prevent intruders or other evil beings akin to the Chineke oh. from entering their home. Well, that's so interesting. So I guess that is like, you know how in the beginning I said that, oh, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're good. This is the one good thing. They'll protect your harvest and they'll across. keep other worse little monsters from right. coming in. That, uh, that's right. a pretty good one. Not like bad. people get afraid of spiders, mm-hmm. but spiders are often catching other pests yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know? So like, yeah, the Chineke's are like the spiders. Like a humanoid, a people. naked humanoid spider. Yeah, intermittently wrinkly spider. <laughs> and sure, it might take your soul and bury it in the dirt. But and sure, it's naked when you didn't ask for <laughs> that. big deal. And sure, mostly children are exposed to them. Right. It's not good <laughs> not, all around. Uh, I, I don't yeah. think it's worth the protection, honestly. I'd like to find something else. Let's do a circle of salt around the house. I'm not even convinced that there's anything they're protecting us from. I mean, no. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, everybody. Yeah. We've uh, unearthed some topics. That's right. That uh, have lived on the cutting room floor for a while. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. uh, who, who knows? Who knows what we there might discover next? Yeah. You never know. You never know with us. I mean, Will, I think there are things you didn't get to this time, right? That's correct. Same here. Wow. So we'll, we'll revisit. We will revisit. Yep. So uh, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We hope that you had a good time. Maybe yeah. heard some stories that you never heard before. Mm-hmm. Uh, got exposed to some oddities and, and weirdnesses. Sure. Um, and we would uh, greatly appreciate if you would maybe go forth and share the show with other people out there. That would there. be great, yeah. Write a tweet, write a post, tell a friend friend mm-hmm. leave us a review uh, yes always greatly greatly appreciated very much so truly our patreon is sitting there just waiting for you full of other like-minded folks mm-hmm. patreon.com slash pod. join the fun yep and uh in one month on friday the 13th in october of 2023 oh, yeah. we're going to be doing our demon drive yeah 7 p.m eastern on youtube.com slash pod, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to make it a little bit interactive yeah. which is something that we don't often do that much but i want to play some games with folks yep i think that'd be a really good time and there are some great games out there some spooky horror games that we've done before like mm-hmm. uh if people out there have dead by daylight maybe we can join yep. a party together and play around there's yeah. a great game called trivia murder party Yep. Uh, that allows up to like a hundred people to all be playing together technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can fill out that room and, and and have a good time with you. Totally. And the reason it's called a demon drive, just so you know, is the demon tier is part of our Patreon. Yeah. So we'll be talking to you about our Patreon, trying to lure you over there a little bit, but we'll also just be hanging out. And, and we might even time. show some clips from uh, mm-hmm. the past year of Patreon stuff. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a peek behind the curtain. Right. Uh, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed everybody, but yes. it'll be a good time. Yeah. So make sure you join us and you can uh, uh stay up to date with everything that we're doing and find posts and what's going on with game tober next mm-hmm. month at gttu pod on all social media that's right you can also follow us yep i'm at chillin Kristen. i'm at the myth traveler so hey we'll see you somewhere else everybody mm-hmm. and we'll be back next week for more creepy old weird stories that's right but until that time comes we must travel back to the netherworld go we Done. We can't be stopped. <laughs> it's over. If we were revealed as Chineke. Oh. Put some pants on. Over. Yeah. <laughs> we thought everybody was gone, but they saw. Oh, you caught me, Chineke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>